0: Bill Peschel and this is Mechanicsburg Mystery Presents, an interview with Robert Forte. Robert is a multi-talented screenwriter, songwriter, and author who has written for the stage, television, and movies. His crime novel, The Woman in the Yellow Dress, is the first in the Patrick Miles Atwater trilogy that includes Magenta Dairy* and War of Ghosts. His newest book is a political satire called The U.S. Party. But his greatest accomplishment, as far as I'm concerned, is that he performed for eight years as a member of a Beatles cover band. Robert, welcome to the show.
1: Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure (laughs) to be here.
0: (laughs) I am a great fan of the Beatles. I had the songbook and I love playing their songs. So, you know, it must have been wonderful to be able to go out and play
1: that great music. Yeah, it was. It was always fun. Always. I went to, uh, I saw them at uh, Shea when I was like all of 17. Oh my gosh. That was pretty exciting. And then I, I found this picture in a book of, you know, the 60s. And I had all these, you know, famous people in it, and here it had a picture of the Beatles at Shea. And there I was in the background, like way up in the tier where I was sitting. <laughs> but I was like, there I am. I got a picture with the Beatles.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's great. <laughs> well, let's see. So you're, you're from, you're living in Johnstown right now, aren't you?
1: Yes, we are in the flood city, as they call it.
0: Absolutely. I still remember. Remember the book. Uh, David McCullough wrote a great book on the flood. Yes, he did. So did uh,
1: Richard Gregory. He wrote uh, The Bosses Club, which is also a, something I turned into a screenplay for him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same story. Yeah. Okay. Well, so where did you grow up? A uh, little town called Woodbridge, New Jersey, mm-hmm. just uh, south of Newark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Used to drive into New York City all the time. Um, or go, we used to go over to the island, what they called Staten Island back in the day when you're 18 or 19, because you could drink then, Not the, you have to be 21. So that was kind of like the play place for everybody. But I played all over the tri-state area with the band. Um, and we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, gr- growing up, were you a reader? Uh, I was, uh, I, I got a birthday gift of uh, the Three Musketeers when I was seven or eight years old. I thought, what's this? You know, I got a book. You know, yes. it's like, and <laughs> when I started reading it, it just totally transfixed me. And I thought, this is wonderful. And I just started reading like crazy. You know, Treasure Island. Uh, you know, all those, all the old favorites that are still, you know, being sold today. Uh, Moby Dick was probably the hardest one for me to read, but I really loved it. Um, and I've been reading ever since. But since I started writing, I kind of got away from reading. You know, and I. So, uh, I didn't want to start sounding like somebody else or, you know, I wanted to try and find my own voice. And so I, you know, I just stopped reading altogether and started writing more.
0: Mm-hmm. When and now start- I
1: can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start writing? Uh, really about 30 years ago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but not novels. I was writing stage plays. I was writing uh small scenes for this uh this acting group that i was working with in orange county california Um, and then i started writing stage plays um, and produced a couple of them Um, and back in the day i was married with three children so we weren't going to go anywhere with it but i should have put them all on the road and just went and see where it took us but i didn't do that Um, i'm doing a play right now called derek's ghost Uh, we were supposed to do it in july But because of COVID, we had to stop. Um, And so now we're shooting for February. Uh, I think we're going to go to Jersey and do it uh, down in Virginia, uh, Pittsburgh. You know, got a couple of venues that we're doing. And we're going to open right here in Johnstown, too. Mm -hmm. It's a three-act comedy about the movie business. Oh, yes. It takes place in uh, 1956. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, you have have, uh, experience screenwriting and working in the movie business, right?
1: Yeah, I have. I sold a Western called Hard Ride. Uh, they never produced it, but it's sitting on a shelf at Universal, I'm sure. got a lot of dust on it. Um, but uh, that's about as close as I ever got. I never had something really actually produced and put on the screen.
0: Yeah. But it sounded so, like you worked with a lot of lot of people in Hollywood. Cause well, I'll tell you, I wrote
1: a I wrote a pilot for Sonny Bono
0: mm-hmm.
1: back in the day. Uh, it was like 1977, I think it was. Um, and it was called Paris in New York and he played Sam Paris and he was like a, a funny kind of detective. Um, and we took it to Universal and they said, well, we're not crazy about you, Sonny, but if we're going to do anything, it has to be about music. So they took the concept and then, uh, they took them down to Nashville and they put this thing together called murder in music city. And it was just just God awful. Sonny hated it and he didn't pick it up. (laughs) but they took my story that we did with Paris in New York and it became a heart to heart. It <laughs> sounds like you had, t- you had <laughs> a typical Hollywood career then. <laughs> yeah, I, I hated television after that. It was like, okay, I'm done with TV. What else are we going to do now? You
0: know? mm-hmm. Okay, so then how did it come from Hollywood to, I guess, Johnstown and the woman in the, in the yellow dress?
1: Well, um, I used to date this lovely girl in high school named Evelyn and we were a thing for a while and then we went our separate ways and we got married, we got divorced. And then I gave her a call and I said, what are you doing? And so she was divorcing and she was living in Johnstown. She has two boys here who are married with children. And she came to California in 2003. We hadn't seen each other in 35 years, but it was like we were 18 again. And so we got married in 2008 and we've been together and she was in California going crazy because she wasn't too crazy about California and missed the kids in, you know, in Johnstown. I said, well, you know, I can live anywhere. So we came here. I just really love it here. It's a nice little town, good people. And uh, Evelyn and I are having a great time with our dog, Millie. She's around here somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I understand Woman in the Yellow Dress began as a screenplay. Yeah, when uh, when I first got to see uh, Evelyn again, she got off the plane wearing this yellow dress. And I said, wow, you're the woman in the yellow dress. And I thought, that's a good title for a book. Mm -hmm. And so, or for for a screenplay. So I wrote the screenplay. I wanted to do a little film noir kind of a thing. Uh, So it was a 40s, late 40s private eye. And I didn't want to redo Dashiell Hammett or somebody else. So I tried to put my own take on it. And then uh, about 20 screenplays later, <laughs> Evelyn said, why don't you write a book? <laughs> so I thought, gee, of all the s- scripts that I do have, I mean, really, which book do I want? And I love the film noir, you know, films. And so I thought, all right, let me take the woman in the yellow dress and I'll turn that into a book. Had no idea how to do it. And halfway through the book, the script was over. The movie was over. It's like, all right, we already got to that part, but it's not a novel yet. so. What else happens? That became the book, and then I didn't want to do a standard kind of an ending with it. I kind of left it open, and then I felt bad, like I don't want to leave it open. You know my my readers, if they do really take to this book, they 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 need more. So then that became Magenta Dairy to continue the story. And again, I didn't want to be cliched with my endings, but I didn't want to write a twelve volume series of Patrick Miles Atwater. So I thought, all right, I'm going to do one more book, and then I'm going to end it. And that became uh, War of Ghosts. So that's how it all came about.
0: I can see there is a difference between screenwriting and novel writing, because it seems like the most successful adaptations from book to screen are short stories. Definitely. And then novels, you have have to have, I, I just got through looking at the Harry Potter series and you think eight films for seven books and you think, God, they had to cut so much out.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Cause you so, only got, you know, an hour and a half or two hours to tell your story Yeah, and you want to hit on all the right points and, you know, keep the whole thing going, but you want to do that in the book too. You want to keep them turning the pages, you know, and that's the important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm learning every day I'm learning,
0: you know, yeah, so are you thinking about converting any of your other screenplays into novels?
1: I actually did another one called Schuster. Um, it was it was a western that I didn't have. Yeah, <laughs> I had a I had a producer call me who knew about Hard Ride, and uh, she said, "Do you have another western?" And I I have always learned never say no, so I'm on the phone and I said, "Yeah, of course." And she says, "Tell me about it." <laughs> <laughs> and I I instantly made up this Western story about this guy, uh, and uh, he's a he's the town drunk, and you find out why he became a drunk, and then you find out who he was before he got drunk, and he has an epiphany and and like wakes up to the real world again to, you know, start being who he really was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pitching this thing to her, and she's loving it. She's going great. Send it to me. <laughs> I I hang up the phone and I go. I go to Evelyn. I said, "I I need a name for a cowboy." Uh, She says, "Schuster." I was like, "Perfect." So I wrote the script in three days. I sent it to her, and two weeks later, you know, I call her back. It's like, "So what's happening with that producer?" You know, "We're going in another direction." (laughs) So I just fell in love with Schuster, and I love the story. It's a great story. So I turned it into a book, Um, and. I I self-published my first three books, and then I also published my fourth one, self-published, The U.S. Party. But Schuster, I thought, if I can get a publisher to pick it up, that'd be nice to be acknowledged by it, okay? So I did. I found a publisher. I'm not going to say the name, but what happened was she just priced me completely out of it when it was everything was said and done. I was like, I can do nothing with this. I can't go to my accounts now with my other books. At this price, they're never gonna take my book. So we're not gonna go with this publishing company. I'm gonna self publish Schuster and it's gonna take another, probably another 30 days before it gets out. But I, at the US party was, became a screenplay out of a conversation we had at the dinner table, mm-hmm. talking politics, you know, and Democrats and Republicans and all that. And I thought, let's do something where that's all gone and now let's see what the country looks like now. So it takes place in 2032 in Johnstown, and it's about a guy who's sitting in a bar with his friends, and they get into a political conversation, and he says, let's start our own party, but don't tell anybody you're in it. So we want to do this whole thing under the wire, like under the radar, because it's just crazy how it is in 2032 The the uh, two biggest parties are fighting with each other, they're ready to kill each other. It's crazy. So they kind of do all this stuff silently on like a week before the uh, the election, the guy's on the ticket, and you know, you'll read the book and find out what happens.
0: That's right. And it's available now. It's actually and It's out? available
1: now. Yes, it's on Amazon. Uh, I don't think it's on Barnes and Noble. I don't think I've done that. But the others are on Barnes and Noble too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Goodreads. Uh, and then I have a lot of other stores, you know, local mom and pop places around here in the area from Pittsburgh to, you know, Jersey. So
0: I think what impresses me looking over your, your, your Ovi or your list of screenplays and scripts is just the variability. <laughs> you, you seem to find subjects that interest you and you just go in that direction.
1: I don't know if it, if it's if there's something about it that sticks with me like see writing it for me is not hard. Yeah. Uh, I write a screenplay in 2 weeks. Like if you gave me one of your books, mm-hmm. I'll read it in a day and then I'll write the screenplay in 2 weeks. And I hear from screenwriters how do you do that? Like you sit down and you write it. I mean the story's right there you just kind of pick out what's important about it and do it. Um, so that comes very easily to me but uh, we were at a dinner party one time, my wife and I, and uh, she was outside looking at all everything that was around at this new house we were at. And she comes in and she says, she, she has a Jersey accent, of course. And so she says, the neighbors have a pool. And everybody died laughing. You know, they thought it was the funniest thing she ever said. And I thought, now there's a good title. So that became a, a stage play. of It's a comedy called the neighbors have a pool. And I don't know where it came from, but I mean, where I, Started writing the story, but I sat down with the title, and it all just started to click with me. You know, this is what happens. And da 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 da. da. I mean, this this old guy walks into a house, and he goes upstairs, and he dies, and he has two suitcases with two million dollars in it, and then these four people who are spending the weekend there, they show up, and they go upstairs and they're like ah. So the question is, what would you do? If you found a dead guy in your upstairs bedroom with $2 million in cash, do you call the police? Or do you do something with the money? Or you know that the neighbors have a pool that they're building across the way. (laughs) So it it kind of snowballs into uh, a little bit of craziness, but it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. It's a fun piece. Do you find
0: yourself um, looking forward to a particular genre or a particular style then over, over others?
1: No, not really. I want to be open to everything. I don't want to be that, yeah, the guy that writes all the space movies or the guy that writes all the Westerns. Um, mm-hmm. I like to kind of mix it up. That's why I've done my film noir. I don't think I'll I'll do another Patrick Miles Atwater. I don't know. If if everybody yells at me and says they want something, then maybe I will do that. But right now, I'm kind of testing the waters. I have the U.S. party, so I've gone political. Um, and now I'm writing another thriller. It's called Guilty Eyes, which is another screenplay that I have. And that's Mm -hmm. also now with a producer, with an agent that I have in LA, Um, we're hoping they're gonna do it. And if they do, that'll make a lot of, that'll be good for a lot of sales of book sales too. That's good. So that's why we wanna shoot the film, The Woman in the Yellow Dress next summer, um, because that will sell a lot of books too.
0: Absolutely. And I guess- That's the plan.
1: That's the best (laughs) marketing plan you could have. Have a movie with your book, you know, or have a book with your movie, you know, one or the other, they kind of, they go together.
0: And as long as they say in big type after you know the the title,
1: based on the novel by, absolutely. <laughs> and they, you know they're going to screw it all up or change it all around, but that's okay. Whatever they got to do, as long as it's out there and my name's on it and they spell it right, that's good. Uh,
0: that's right. I I have seen movies where the uh, author's name just doesn't appear anywhere, and you can see they did not have a good agent. Sure, with a, with I I
1: sat with an author. Uh, what was his name? The guy who wrote, um, you know that the baseball movie, you know, Build It and They Will Come. Oh, uh, Field of Dreams. Kevin Cosner, What? Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Right. We're sitting there watching it and he goes, we're watching this for 20 minutes. I haven't seen one word I've written yet. <laughs> <laughs> that one word. And he wrote the screenplay too. I mean, you know, the book and the screenplay. Yeah. But, that's what happens. But you as a writer, you have to be able to, you know, go with all that. You know, it's, it's, it's just the nature of the beast. You just hope that they're kind. It's like sending your children out and you hope they don't beat them up too badly. You know, they yeah. come home okay.
0: I can see also um the number of of screenwriters and how many stories they have put out that have never gone onto the screen at all oh sure and sure. it's it's amazing it must have vaults the size that would hold the uh, ark of the covenant
1: and well, it's was, full of scripts <laughs> i was in warner brothers uh, vault where the uh where the screenplays are um and they had at the time they were shooting the fugitive um and there must have been 45 rewrites done oh. And I, I said to the guy, I said, so the guy on the bottom, does he get credit? You know, I mean, he's the one who brought the script. Yeah, he gets written by. Everybody else got paid for the rewrite, so they don't get any credit. So that's the only gold thing that you have. But they're going to pay you a nice penny to do the film anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was really shocked at that. And they have this automatic thing that they would hit. And these shelves would move all around because they had at least 10 shelves filled, you know, eight feet high, six by eight, filled with scripts that were bought for, paid for, some are going to do, some are, you know, we're going to just move money around, I guess, I don't know. But
0: uh, yeah,
1: it was pretty interesting.
0: I guess that's, that's I why I work call... out in,
1: in Clint Eastwood's workout room, which is kind of cool. You did? Yeah. How did you get there? How did you get in there? <laughs> A friend of mine was the guard at uh, at Warner Brothers. <laughs> And then he brought me inside and I met the guy who's in charge of the room, you know, the the writing room, and he had the computer there. And I said, dude, put me on, on the computer as a screenwriter. So if they need a writer, they'll, oh, there's, who's this Forte guy? Give him a call. You <laughs> I can't do it, man. I can't do it. So, but it was, he was very gracious. He let me, you know, see everything it was good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let me understand then about what your future holds, because we had talked before and it seemed because uh, you've got a play, you've got the movie coming well, up. Well, COVID, year.
1: you know, COVID shut everything down. And I thought, while we're waiting, let's do something. And I've got a lot of actor friends uh, that I've met here in are very talented people. And I said, you know, I got this play, there's only four actors. Uh, let's do a play, you know. So <laughs> we started rehearsing, and then COVID hit. I mean, bad hit. We thought it would be going away, you know, because we were set to do it in July, um, and then start, you know, going to other venues. Uh, but now we had to wait till February, so we're waiting till February. But we he- rehearse once a week. It's kind of like a little get together we have, you know, and we're blocking it now, um, and just taking our time with it and having some fun. But yeah, you know, we definitely want to do the start doing the movie uh, in January. Uh, our work, you know, pre-work. Um, and then I'll, I'll probably have another two more books out after that too.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like 2021 is going to be a bountiful year for you then, Robert. Yes,
1: that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. So.
0: Oh, well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank well, you. Robert, thank you very much for coming on and talking about all the projects. And uh, Frankly, I would like to see Miles Atwater come in with another case again. I very <laughs> yeah, much I enjoyed his coming. company. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> well, I can
1: I can deliver if that's what they want, then I would definitely do that. Sure, because I <laughs> left the third one open for for old Patrick. So you know, you never know.
0: Oh, absolutely worked well for Raymond
1: Chandler. Why not try it try it yourself? Absolutely, but I I really appreciate the uh, the response that I have gotten to all the books actually. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that, and yeah. I appreciate everybody that's out there buying it and enjoying the books. I really am. All
0: right. Well, thank you very much for appearing on the show. Hey, and My pleasure. Absolutely. And this is Bill Peschel for Mechanicsburg Mystery Presents, and thank you all for visiting us today. The Mechanicsburg Mystery Presents podcast is sponsored by the Mechanicsburg Mystery Bookshop in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. During the Wuhan flu outbreak, the store is open with limited hours, plus we accept appointments and offer a drive-by service. The store will also ship books to your home, including those from the Peschel Press Mystery Line, including our annotated editions of novels by Agatha Christie and Dorothy L. Sayers. To learn more, visit the store at www.mysterybooksonline.com. And thank you for listening.